It's time for episode 326 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Monday, December 23rd, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where we talk to two wonderful people and two hosts about four topics, and it moves in a clockwise fashion. I'm Jason Snell, the emeritus host and co-creator of this ridiculous podcast, uh, and I'm here because Micah Sargent is on assignment at the North Pole. He's an elf. Uh, and of course, across the table from me, my co-host forever, Dan Moran. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Thanks for being here. Uh, point of order, Micah is technically a half-elf druid, so <laughs> oh. let's be... <laughs> okay. He's working on, like, the off-brand candy canes, like the peppermint candy canes, something yeah. like that, spearmint yeah, candy the green canes, ones, the right. green. Yeah. 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 Weird. All right. Uh, we do have two wonderful guests with us. To my left, uh, from the Podfeet podcast, and contractually, basically breaking her contract by appearing without <laughs> Micah Sargent on an episode of Clockwise, it's Allison Sheridan. Hello. I believe we, we pulled the emergency uh, hatch on that contract, right? There was that emergency clause. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you can't fool me. There's no such thing as emergency clause. Oh, sorry. I just did a Marx Brothers joke. Oh, boy. It's going to be one of those. And to my left, it's the co-host of many fine podcasts, including Two-Headed Girl and Dubai Friday. It's Alex Cox. Welcome back, Alex. Thank you for having me. We're so delighted to have you here on this very special episode of Clockwise. Yes, it's getting more special all the time, but let's <laughs> let's make it normal by fitting into the format. This is a rigidly formatted podcast. It can never go too far off the rails, right? Anyway, here's my topic, and then we'll move clockwise and get everybody else's topics. It's Christmas week. Quite obviously, we have broken into the eggnog already. The stockings are hung by the chimney with care. Uh, what Do you have a small, low-cost tech item or two you might use as a stocking stuffer? Allison? I've got two ideas, and they're both from a company called Night Eyes. It's N-I-T-E-I-Z-E. The first one is called Gear Ties, and think twist ties, except they never crap out on you. They're mm-hmm. they're rubber-coated, and um, that when I interviewed the CEO of the company, they said they used the material from windshield wipers, which is why they never break down. They're uh, Technically, I have one that I've had outside for like eight years, and it started to break down, but they're, they come in all different lengths, and they're fabulous for just wrapping up cords real quickly. You buy them in packs, and you won't want to share your pack with anybody. You're going to want to give them to somebody else. The second thing is called Taglets, also by the same company, Night Eyes. They're little LED clip-on blinkers for running or walking at night. And I almost got hit by a car three times in a week and a half. Now I wear these, and I've actually had cars stop and say, hey, I saw you because of those. Oh, wow. Those are both pretty good. I have two as well. Um, One of them is one um, I saw on the Wirecutters list of stocking stuffers, and I actually bought one for my wife, who hopefully won't listen to this podcast in the next two days. Um, and it is the Gerber shard keychain tool. And essentially it's like a, so I used to carry a Swiss army knife, uh, with me. And until we hit the age where you can't carry pocket knives with you anywhere because they will get taken away from you. And essentially this is a multi-tool that you can put on your keychain. That's got like a couple, uh, flathead screwdrivers, a Phillips head screwdriver, a can opener, a wire stripper, but it's also TSA approved. So you can take it with you on the plane. It's small, it's compact. It's like five bucks. Um, and I am really looking forward to that. In fact, I'm looking forward to it so much. I bought one for myself as well. Uh, and the second thing I would put on that list 
is a um so for those folks that you know who aren't quite ready to give up the um their wireless or sorry their wired headphones i was going to recommend a bluetooth uh transceiver uh and there's a couple different versions out there um the one that i bought most recently uh, f- again, for my wife at one point, because she had her wireless headphones that she didn't want to give up, is like a, a little uh, a white, I'm trying to remember the uh, the name of it, because uh, the one that I bought myself is no longer on the market. Um, but it's, uh, I think it's got a, a like a tsai in it or something. Now I'm going to have to look up the file link. But essentially, it's a thing that you plug in your headphones. It has a little Bluetooth radio in it. A lot of them have little clips that you can put on your like uh, your shirt lapel or your jacket or whatever, and it transforms any pair of wired headphones into a pair of Bluetooth headphones. So if somebody has a really great pair of uh, wired headphones, they're not ready to give up, and maybe their headphone jack does no longer exist on their phone, then it's a great way to basically give them that capability for a very low cost. I, this year, my entire theme is from a company that is sort of tethering or anchoring me to my sanity, if you will. And all I want to see under the tree is products and accessories by Anchor, which they make everything, but I think we know them best and love them for their uh, USB-C chargers that Wow, charge at incredibly fast speeds, but don't cost $60 like every uh, $60 and up like every single Apple charger. I am a huge fan of uh, the officially named USB-C charger Anchor Power Speed Plus Duo Wall Charger with 30 watt power delivery port for iPhone XS Max XR X8 iPad Pro 2018 slash Air 2 Mini MacBook Pro Air Galaxy S10 S9 S8 Pixel LG Nexus and more. So what but this is, is no just, SEO in that at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, it just rolls off the tongue. But it's once Google starts auto transcribing podcasts, we are SEO friendly uh, now. At this episode, <laughs> thank you, Alex. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, but it's you know it it looks like a even smaller than a MacBook Pro charger, a or a thirteen uh, inch MacBook Pro charger, and it has a USB C cable. Uh, sorry, a USB C port and a USB A port. And this now I can get away with traveling for a day just with this. And, you know, when you're traveling for the holidays, it's not so much that you might not have the space for all of your stuff as you're traveling. But when you get to that destination and you're with your 18 cousins and seven aunts and uncles, it's you need port space. And so that's why this guy has been, uh, for the past two years, my my favorite thing to give people and to bring around for the holidays. It also lights up a pretty blue color. It's very nice. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of cousins there. Um, I have two... Uh, they're arguably techie enough that I'm going to mention them here. One, uh, if you don't know about this product, um, then you're, I discovered it like last year. It's called Light Dims, and it's basically a little semi-translucent sheet of sticky plastic, like a screen protector. Uh, and what you do is you cut it, and it'll work with touchscreens even, but you don't need to use it with that. I use these... Uh, if you've ever like at night you're you're laying in bed and you open your eyes and there's some annoying blink or uh, light from somewhere from some piece of technology that decided to put a light on it and you can't turn it off and it's really annoying. Um, that's what this is. It, basically, you cut out the shape of the light and stick it on, and it doesn't completely cover it. It just makes it much dimmer so that it's less annoying at night. 
And uh, they're very small, so you can just slide one of those into a stocking and give somebody the gift of uh, not being annoyed by a weird, blinding tech light at night. And uh, also, because I love weather stations, uh, not everybody can have a ridiculous uh, weather station like I do in my backyard. But you know what? Ambient Weather makes a weather station for uh, $16 that is a little probe (laughs) thing that you put outside somewhere and a little LCD thing that you put inside somewhere, and it tells you the current temperature inside and outside your house and uh, so you can you can have a fancy weather station if you like or you can say yes i do have a weather station in my backyard for 16 bucks from ambient weather i love uh, those ideas these are all great ideas i'm so glad that we uh that we stuffed the the stockings allison uh what do you have for us all right. So as Apple users, we often talk about community where people help each other. We feel like friends. We all love each other. I've asked my Windows loving friends, uh, do they have communities like this and where are they? And they basically go, huh? What are you even talking about? And so my question to you is, why might that be? Or are my friends wrong? <laughs> yeah. Dan? I, I, how snarky can I be about this? I feel like is my question. <laughs> because You can go pretty much either way. Yeah. I, you know, way back when I used to do some IT work and I worked on Windows computers and my general feeling on it was pretty much nobody uses Windows because they love it. Like I, I have know a lot of people who use Windows because they have to, uh, and I know a lot of people who use Windows by choice because they want to run software that's only available on Windows. But I feel like it's a for whatever reason it is a piece of uh, software that does not engender a lot of feelings of love or fondness. Mostly, it's like you know, kind of despair and resignation, I think is the word I'm looking for. Uh, And it's funny because even other communities of of OS aficionados, I feel like there's at least a community around it, right? Like I've set up, you know, I've got my my virtual server over on Linode. And when I go and look for solving a problem that's like Linux related, there's tons of stuff, like tons of forums, there's tons of places where people like actually really are passionate about it. And it's a different sort of community in some ways, but it's still there to try and like, you know, provide answers for people. And I think that exists for Windows too, but I think there's a lot more frustration with it. And I think the big reason is because the the Mac was an underdog uh, and we had to band together as our little band of uh, rebels and resistance fighters uh, against the encroaching galactic empire. Um, I've said too much. Uh, I I think that's a big part of why we've always found that camaraderie in it. And some of it is just the, the OS... I think it's friendly in a way that invites that sort of love and affectionate feeling for it. But I think a lot of it came from feeling somewhat persecuted by people who are like, <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're one of those Apple people. Uh, it's doomed. So, yeah, you know, that's why we we find solace in love. Alex. I mean, I think a great example of this is in the past month or so, the Mac Pro coming out and all of the PC people coming at us uh, at us like, ah, well, you could get this for this amount and, you know, it'd be 10 times faster and just a quarter of the cost. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, I like the wheels. I like the little matte screen. I I don't know. Um, And there's... I don't want to say there's less for us to talk about, but sort of there are more things in the Apple ecosystem that people use and can help each other with, whereas Windows is just so sporadic and there's so much. Like, I mean, sure, you could say the same thing about Linux, but uh, those things only 
exists because there are communities that run it. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, there's kind of something similar in the PC gaming world where, where people mm-hmm. will be really enthusiastic about a certain set of chips or, you know, a certain platform. Like, whereas the the Mac kids and iOS kids, we're here like, all right, we got Apple Arcade. Uh, we have photos. Why is photos broken? Uh, oh, look, people are being mean to us again about the Mac Pro. All right. So it's a mix of this underdog stuff. But also now we have kind of the because now we are the nerd overlords and all our grandparents have iPhones. I think we are a little bit more welcoming to other folks coming into the folds, not only because it's, in my opinion, easier to explain how to set up an iPhone versus an Android phone, but it's also easier to get people both uh, young and old excited about macOS and iOS because there's just so many resources out there and there's a little something for everybody. And it's not all like harsh, like razor gaming style or like big number. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have XS Max Pro and stuff like that, but, but still it just feels a little more warm and fuzzy and hippy dippy still. I like that. <laughs> I was trying to search for the, uh, how to describe the, the, the windows, community and i think it's like the world (laughs) probably the best way to describe it uh when you talk about mac versus pc android uh is a little bit like that too but i I think the truth is uh and having written about the mac for a very long time now um especially back in the early days but it's still true the mac is a choice using the mac especially is a choice using using the iphone is a choice too there's a thing Mm -hmm. that's kind of readily available across lots of different companies uh in terms of the hardware and uh then there's the one that's just apple hardware just apple software and it's a choice to use it and i think fundamentally that's the difference is people are mac users to a certain degree by choice they've chosen not to go with the default and i think that's even a little bit true of the iphone um uh, but uh, it's definitely true of the Mac. And I think that's all the difference is a community forms around people who have made a choice, who have it as part of their identity. They are, have consciously become part of the community. And I don't know. I mean, this is why I hear the question a lot, like, why are there not, why doesn't Relay do a podcast for Windows enthusiasts or something like that? And there is one for Android, right? But but for Windows, and, and the answer is it's really hard. Like, Twit has one, but even there, it's like Windows enthusiasts, they do exist. There, there are PC, you know, modders and, and people who who love PC gaming and they build computers and stuff like that. But honestly, most people do not use PCs enthusiastically. They just use them. And uh, that's that's not so true of Apple products, just because I think it all comes back to uh, you You have to choose to be an Apple user, especially a Mac user. That was that was pretty much what I was looking for. I think, Dan, you're right on with the it's a uh, uh, it's that we were an underdog at one time. And it's interesting that you guys all see it the same way because I keep thinking, okay, I just got to be wrong. There's people out there who, you know, hang out together and really enjoy talking about Windows, but apparently not by some possibly biased people on this panel. (laughs) Well, we shall band together continually. Well, that is two topics down, two topics left to go, which, of course, means it is halftime here on Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by our very good friends at Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud, and you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distribution, resources, and node location. doesn't matter if you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system. Linode are the folks to go to. 
They offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support if you ever need help. It's super easy to launch a Linode cloud server, and I can say that because I've done it a couple times. Their block storage is available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, and Singapore, and will soon be released in Tokyo. Version 4 of Linode's RESTful API is out of beta and includes an officially supported Python command line interface. Right now, Linode is hiring. If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, just go to linode.com slash careers. So Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at a gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you as a listener of this show. You can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try. That's linode.com slash clockwise and promo code clockwise2019 for at least another week as 2019 lasts. Uh, You can learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of the show and all of RelayFM. And now halftime is over, and I shall turn it over to me. Uh, Apple is rumored to be thinking about putting satellites into space for some way of directly communicating with its devices. I'm curious, do you think that the satellite-based approach is the future of the internet, or is this all just kind of a pipe dream? Alex? I sat here reading this article three times in a row, and I still don't really get it. So I'm going to say... Maybe. I don't know. What? Like, I do other, I guess, other companies do this. Yeah. Uh, So, I I mean, it might be kind of like the car. Like, they're just, you know, throwing stuff at the wall because they need to be because other companies are. I It just feels, I feel like a shark uh, from Shark Tank right now and be like, well, it's too early for me. So for that reason, I'm out. Wow. Um, I I think this is a perfect example of... Um, I'm not investing in this, by the way. I wasn't aware <laughs> I had to invest in something. I'm not going to do it. Uh, the idea that um, space, in, in, internet, space connectivity is a potential future gold rush. There's a lot of controversy about SpaceX is already launching satellites uh, that are polluting <laughs> the atmosphere with uh, these bright points of light that makes... Uh, uh, astronomers really angry uh, because they can mess up all their astronomical observations with these drifting satellites and there's a real question of like how this should be regulated going forward because there's no you know authority worldwide for launching things into space it's just sort of anarchy up there Uh, but there is this perception that using satellites like what spacex is doing and other people are talking about you could give uh cellular and data access to the whole world and that's uh, a potential uh, big deal even though people have tried this with things like the iridium phones and all that and it's never really worked financially uh there's a feeling like it might be an area of interest and a future gold rush and if you're apple and you've got lots of money and having device connectivity is a big part of your business, then uh, why would you not put a little money down on investigating whether this was a good idea or not? Because if it is a good idea, you know, maybe you can turn it to the iPhone's advantage in some way. So I think uh, it would be malpractice if the uh, executives at Apple were not um, you know, they don't do it publicly like Google where they have their other bets category, but other bets is the right way to think of it is you've got, you got billions and billions and billions of dollars in cash investigate anything that might be the next big thing. And that's what this is. 
in the Bloomberg article, the big idea was doing direct internet straight to your device. But in order to do that, you'd need a super powerful transmitter and a high gain antenna in low Earth orbit. And you'd need a ton of satellites because each one of those is only going to give you like five minutes at the most. But CubeSats, these little ones, they're like the size of a shoebox. So a high powered antenna is really problematic. So the article talks about them doing that, which... I don't see how they could do it. And then in the middle of the article, they switch and they go, or they might just use ground stations. Well, if you just use ground stations, then that's not really direct to your devices and it's not yeah. that interesting. So uh, there's also issues if you're inside buildings, for example. It's very difficult to close those links without some sort of terrestrial repeater, in which case they've just described satellite Internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for 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 the record, uh, SpaceX says that they are planning on launching twelve thousand satellites. So that's the scale of this oh, of this sort God, of thing. It's not yeah. going to be like five or six of them. Yeah, here's half a dozen right. satellites. We kind of we're we're, we're kind of we're not really sure about the it. internet is over South America right now. Please <laughs> wait. go there. Go there. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I think Jason kind of hit upon the the nail on the head here, which is. If you're Apple and you are looking at essentially where your strategic opportunities and vulnerabilities are, uh, the connectivity to your devices is a big one. Because right now, Apple works with hundreds of carriers across the world. And that's great in terms of making their products available to people, but it also means maintaining relationships with hundreds of carriers. And if they could find a way to do that themselves and cut out the middleman, I can see why that would be super uh, attractive to them. It reduces a source of places where like somebody else is taking some money, and it means that they sort of, again, control the whole end-to-end. And that seems like a an Apple philosophy thing, right? It's like, we want to control as much of this experience as we possibly can, and if that means we get to provide the internet and we can worry about all the billing and all that in the same way that google has sort of done with project Phi, not on the satellite front but just on sort of the we have our own carrier um for years people have been talking about apple starting their own carrier hasn't happened but i think again like jason said they would be silly not to be looking into all of these options and finding out how they can control it thanks for your thoughts on that let us go to our final topic of today which comes from alex well we've all heard the rumor about not having any ports in 2020 on our iPhones. And I'm wondering, do you do you all think a portless iPhone could be sort of a play on Tim Cook's end for an even more modular experience with all of the accessories and dongles we're definitely going to have to buy? Jason? <laughs> I think let me let me do a pitch here. Now now it's Shark Tank. Alex <laughs> consider consider this. Um you've got your new it's it's 2022. You've mm-hmm. got your new iPhone. Yes. It has no ports. It's in your pocket. But you have more pockets. So here's my pitch. <laughs> Uh, There's going to be a new wireless technology introduced by Apple, or maybe it'll be based on existing standards uh, that they're going to use in order to provide connectivity to all that stuff you use to plug in. It's, you know, ultra wideband or a new version of Bluetooth or whatever, but I'm going to create a wireless hub for the iPhone. It's roughly shaped like an iPhone, but it will just have ports on it, nothing but ports. And then you'll plug a bunch of stuff into that and put that in a different pocket. So it'll be like you're carrying two phones, but the one phone won't have anything plugged into it. And that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Allison? You know, we worried when they took away the floppy. We cried when they took away the CD. We panicked when they took away our Ethernet port. You know what? It's just going to be fine. Everybody calm down. And trust it, it'll just work. <laughs> I like that approach. I'm feeling I'm feeling somewhat more panicky right now. But I think there's one thing that it will take to get rid of the lightning port on the iPhone, and that, my friends, is courage. 
uh, and <laughs> Apple is sorry. Oh, no. I can't even finish this. I can't even finish this sentence. Um, I, I, yeah. Could there be something more modular happening here? Yeah. Jason has made the suggestion in the past on some other shows that we've talked about it that of like a smart connector style, uh, you know, a port that's not a port, like you know, something that's con- like you just slap something on the back Bunko of it. Pins. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, could that be magnetic snappy stuff? <laughs> yeah, Collect who them, loves trade them with your yeah, friends. Uh, you know what? It's the second coming of the handspring visor, is what it is. Um, and I think that the right now the biggest challenge is it seems much harder to get rid of the lightning jack than it did to get rid of the uh, the headphone jack because uh, Bluetooth headphones widely available. There's AirPlay. There's all this stuff that has actually pretty been pretty built up over the past several years. There's wireless charging, but there is a serious difficulties when it comes to things like travel and when it comes to um, you know dealing with uh, diagnostics, all this stuff. I am very skeptical that this portless iPhone is going to happen soon. But on the other hand, I do feel like it's kind of an eventuality that we're going to get to. It just the rest of that, all that modularity does need to be built out before you throw people in the deep end. I feel like I'm uh, on the right side of history. Maybe Jason is too. I can't <laughs> tell yet. But I am stoked for this to happen because, I mean, the article, the sort of breaking article that 9to5Matic put up tells it all. It's a picture of a lightning cable going into a smart battery case. So I think what's going to happen is what Jason suggested is there's going to be some sort of like proprietary technology but as someone who used to carry a naked phone and i was very happy with like yeah i love this pristine beautiful device oh wait now they're making it designed like soap okay i guess we need to find alternatives for this and then the smart battery case came along which along with the iphone finally being called an iphone pro Like, there are certain things that I need to attach to my iPhone that are necessary for my job, and I need kind of, I need it to make a modular um, monster at points because you've got, you know, the battery case, and then you've got the lightning to 3.5 connector, and then a microphone, and there's sometimes a gimbal connected via Bluetooth, and... I don't know. I think this could be really exciting. And yes, it's it's probably going to be proprietary and obnoxious. And I hope somehow there is a new standard of wireless charging. Uh, I did see something on Shark Tank that looked exciting <laughs> a while back. But uh, I, I don't think it's coming soon. But I'm not panicking about it. I'm just excited. Good. All right. Well, nobody panic. That's what I'm saying. Everyone calm down. That is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. Uh, but before we get to that, let me tell you about our other sponsor this week, and that is Kensington. Uh, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. It's so easy to use that you can get access to more point- ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. Plug and play with no drivers so you can enjoy up to dual 4K displays with HDMI and display link video connectors, plus USB 3, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, plus rigorous test cycles and quality control means all of their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com slash clockwise right now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash clockwise to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. 
And for the bonus topic, I turn it over to Mr. Snell. All right, it's Secret Santa time. Everybody has to get something for the person on your left. Allison, I'm getting you a fidget cube from ANSI Labs. You know, fidget spinners are, are old and uh, not interesting, but I've got a fidget cl- cube here, and it's... Uh, Oh, it's so much fun. There's so many buttons to press and things to click, and it's the best. So you're going to get one of those as your uh, white elephant, pink elephant, green elephant. I don't even know what color the elephant is. Uh, what do you get for Dan? <laughs> Yay! I love this idea. That's awesome. Okay, Dan, you are getting Christmas handbells with music. <laughs> what you do is you give a bell to each of the seven different people, or is it eight? Eight different people. And then somebody gets to be conductor, and they point to each person when it's their turn to play. It works much better with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have to know seven other people? This seems like a crock. Uh, you can do two at once. Uh, okay, suppose. there we go. I like that idea. Uh, Alex, I'm getting you something that I hope you don't have, but I'm guessing you probably do because I know that you uh, you probably play some board games. Uh, my favorite party board game is Codenames, which is a fun game about guessing words. And if you do have it well, hopefully you can share it with someone else. Oh, and again, you assume that I have friends that I can share with. But <laughs> if... if if I had theoretically played this game, I would say thank you. It is an awesome, awesome game, and people should check it out. Uh, Jason, I've got you yes, some animal cable charger protectors because I I know that you travel with a iPad Pro, and you are uh, we're still kind of in Dongle Town, but a lot of stuff is lightning and USB, and oh no, they're they're both white a lot of times, and so instead, oh, of, they are. instead of buying new cables, you can just put these little animal guys on top, so uh, hope you put them to good use. <laughs> I proclaim our Secret Santa Exchange a great success, as I Hooray. also proclaim this episode a great success, and all that remains is for us to thank our guest this week. Allison Sheridan, thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute delight. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you got. Alex Cox, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so glad you are recording at a different time that I could be here. (laughs) Uh, And Jason, thank you for uh, sitting in for Micah this week. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, likewise. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. All of the things that are happening. And also a shout out to Micah Sargent, who it turns out this just in. He's a South Pole elf. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, But. Uh, but clockwise, we'll be back next week, right, Dan? Do you do this every week? We'll be back next week. Look for us at our usual time, although we won't be live next week. But look for an episode at our usual time. Until then, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.